We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. We are just two weeks, less than two weeks away from the kickoff of the 2022 Indiana football season against Illinois at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. Uh, Today we are joined by TJ Inman and Andy Graham uh, to talk about the Indiana defense, a unit which uh, has a little bit of a makeover with Tom Allen calling the defense, but returns a lot of familiar faces uh, and a lot of production uh, from the last couple of years. So it's a unit that I, I think, and I'll, I'll speak for my the other two with me, that I think we feel pretty good about. Um, Andy, we'll start with you. Just the overview of the defense with Tom Allen coming back to be the play caller. How is that going to change things? Well, I, I hope it, it uh, kind of resurrects the creative aggressiveness that, that, that we saw um, uh, early in, in Tom's career. And, and you know, obviously uh, we lost a defensive coordinator and went down to be the head coach of South Alabama, but I liked how he orchestrated things too. Uh, but now Tom taking over again, I think matters. And the thing is, there are lo- almost all of these guys that we're talking, we're going to talk about in the, in the two deep or even the three deep in some cases have played a lot of snaps for, for Tom in Indiana. And uh, I could make a viable first team defense made up exclusively of seniors who are returning players who have all started games for Indiana. Now, I, I don't necessarily think all 11 of those guys will start, although most of them will, but you literally can make a viable starting defense out of senior players who are returning and who have started before for Indiana. You got CO at the nose, DeMarcus Elliott could play the tackle, <laughs> James Head, Alfred Bryant, Bo Robbins, those guys could play defensive end and, and, and the uh, ball position. Uh, Cam Jones and Aaron Casey, linebacker, Noah Pierre at Husky. Taiwan Mullen, Jalen Williams at corners, and Devin Matthews, Monster Matthews, and Brian Fitzgerald at safeties. All of those guys are seniors. All of them have started. And that's just a really good foundation upon which to operate. And I haven't mentioned any of the other guys that we could, that we're going to talk about, including a lot of guys who may start. Um, but Chad Wilt, the new defensive coordinator uh, who will handle the linebackers for us, also. Uh, made a comment earlier during fall camp here that he thought, uh, and once again, he's coming in from Minnesota. So he's coming in from someplace else and taking uh, a deep look at the new players that he has. And he said, I think we're going to be able to successfully attack other teams and wear them down with our depth. And I actually think that's that he's right. And I think it's exciting. Uh, TJ going to you uh, what, you know, what excites you about this defense? What impact uh, 
um, does Tom Allen have on it? And just as long as they're healthy, how much are you looking forward to seeing these guys back on the field? So from a play calling perspective, I think we all certainly expect uh, Tom Allen to bring about um, more aggressiveness uh, pre-snap. I think that we would expect more blitz packages uh, to get pressure on the, the opposing quarterback and into the opposing backfield. Um, and that's really Tom Allen's big emphasis on defense always is create takeaways. Um, he preaches that, they practice that, and he calls plays in order to force takeaways. Uh, he puts the opposing offense under pressure or tries to uh, and puts his defenders in a position to take advantage of that if the offense makes a mistake. Uh, so definitely looking for more of that. Um, I think that it's going to, from a scheme perspective, it's going to look a lot more like what we grew accustomed to prior to last season. Um, from a personnel standpoint, I really do think it is a very deep defense. The biggest question, of course, is how do you replace a productive tackle machine like Micah McFadden? Um, I think that that's going to be kind of a by-committee approach. There's not going to be anybody on this defense that puts up the kind of numbers that Micah McFadden did. However, uh, from a top-to-bottom personnel standpoint, I think that this unit is more talented and deeper than it has been previously. Yeah, I, I everything you said there, you, you just hope that it's more of the 2020 2020 defense when they led the big right. 10 in sacks and, and takeaways and, uh, and, and just put quarterbacks in a, in a bad position to make bad decisions. Uh, then the 2020, like the end of the 2021 season, because I thought the defense held their own early on. Uh, and then, you know, after the Maryland game, the, 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 the back was broken and, and, and things like that and injuries uh, took over. Let's uh, start our position breakdown. Uh, let's go from the back forward. So let's start in that secondary. It's a veteran second secondary. You, you get a healthy Tywin Mullen back. You get Jalen Williams back as well at the corner, who is Indiana's active leader in uh, career interceptions with six. Uh, Devin Matthews, who has played a lot of good football for IU, who was banged up last year. He's back. Uh, at the strong safety position, they're moving uh, Brian Fitzgerald down to the free safety and putting Noah Pierre at the Husky to try and get their best five on on the field. Um, Andy, what do you look forward to this secondary? I know that Husky position is is that uh, variable, you know, hybrid linebacker secondary position, but we'll group them in uh, with the secondary. Just what are you looking forward to besides being healthy? Uh, these this this secondary this year for IU. Well, I, I I just think that it should be a secondary that doesn't get burned very often by big plays. It's a lot of experience on the field now. Brian Fitzgerald has been at Husky rather than free safety. I, I still remember how excited Tom Allen was when he recruited when uh, Brian Fitzgerald came out of Avon and he said, "You know that guy's going to be a, a really good player for us." And I think uh, allowed to roam as a free safety, I think he'll use a lot of his experience and talent well at that position. 
you know, Noah Pierre's an undersized Husky. He's like, I think he's listed at like 5'11", 175 or something like that. But he hits like a ton of bricks. He's, I think he'll be a very popular player. I think if he stays healthy, I think uh, Indiana fans are going to like how he plays. I mean, Taiwan Ball has been an All-American and he's healthy. You know, Jalen Williams has also gotten all Big Ten kind of notification. Uh, Devin Matthews has as well. All of these guys are really solid and I think proven performers. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see. And then you look uh, like guys that could challenge for a starting job, perhaps even against returning starters like that, but who would be solid second, second unit guys. You got uh, uh, Brylin Lanier came in from Alabama, Chris Keyes, who you know, unfortunately towards ACL last year, he's healthy again, and he's a big corner. He's like six, one corner. Uh, really talented guy. You got uh, Jonathan Hayes, uh, safety transfer from Ole Miss, who I think is going to play, and Josh Sanguinetti, who we also uh, have already seen make plays for Indiana. Um, so, I, and I haven't even talked about Travell Mullen, Taiwan's younger brother, yet coming in at at cornerback. Uh, Lem Watley Neely is an experienced cornerback. I mean, I, I just went three deep at corner, and I'm perfectly sanguine about putting almost any of those guys out on the field and that's kind of how it is for this whole defense it's certainly true of the secondary and i would expect the secondary to be the strength of the defense and probably the strongest unit on the entire team tj we'll go to you what what about the secondary stands out to you and, and can this be a unit that starts to create those takeaways again May have lost TJ. We, we might have. Um, I'm back. Oh, he's oh, back. Okay, TJ. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yep. So I think that Noah Pierre is probably the most kind of under the radar, underappreciated guy just from from my standpoint. I I have consistently throughout his career made the mistake of kind of forgetting about him. And then it, it comes time for a game – I watched the game and there's no Pierre making a play. Um, and I get reminded again and then I go through it the next week and forget. Um, and I'm not going to make that mistake this year because I, I think that he's worked incredibly hard, put himself in position for this kind of starring role um, at starting Husky. And I'm really excited to see how they utilize him. Um, I think that he's a player that, they could get really creative with because of his physicality and because as Andy mentioned, smaller guy that can aid in pass coverage as well. It's really going to be interesting to see how they, they utilize him at the Husky. Um, in terms of the remainder of the secondary, I think you have to feel great about the cornerback position, particularly uh, you know, when you're starting with Mullen and Williams, that's that's a really good one-two punch. It, it's one that most schools in the Big Ten uh, would feel really good about. Um, looking beyond them, I think it's a lot of younger guys that we know from the recruiting pedigree um, and glimpses that we have seen of them. They've got a lot of talent. So who's going to step up and kind of step into those roles? Um, and then there's a couple of freshmen that, I'm pretty intrigued by. I, I don't know how quickly these guys are going to be able to step in 
Um, but somebody like Jamari Sharp, um, yep. another one, uh, James Mons, yep. players that were pretty well regarded coming out of high school. And I know Tom Allen was thrilled to get them, um, particularly Jamari Sharp, who's already 6'1", uh, over 180 pounds. I mean, he's he's got the look of a, a big-time corner. Um, and then a, one player that I think gets lost in the shuffle as well that could have an impact is uh, Bryson Bonds, who's coming back as a redshirt sophomore here. He's gotten his feet wet. I, I just think it's a really deep group with kind of proven stars at the top with uh, Monster and Taiwan Mullen and Jalen Williams. And then a player like Noel Pierre, who is a, a proven veteran that is getting a bigger role and I think is definitely ready for it. And then that good mix of, you know, freshmen, redshirt freshmen and sophomores that are challenging and pushing those older guys to get onto the field. Some of them are going to emerge. Some of them are, are going to get their chance. Uh, we'll see who emerges out of that, uh, out of that shuffle, but I guess a deep group and, and I would concur with you. This is probably the talented uh, position group on the roster. Yeah, he mentioned, uh, you know, once again, I'm a Noah Pierre fan as well, but at Husky, you know, they like Jordan Greer too. Yeah, and you got yeah. Lewis Moore, you got Lewis Moore coming in, one of the freshmen. You got Philip Dunham at safety. They really, I think, you know, he's highly regarded as well. It's just a lot of names we're throwing at you, but uh, yeah, I mean, and another thing about it is like when you've got that kind of experience out there, you can you can bring your corners on blitzes. You you can adjust. You you you, you can, you know, your secondary is going to be able to handle sending the corners. And obviously, you know, Kate Womack loved to do that when he was the defensive coordinator here. And I think you're going to see that from Tom this year too. When you have a, a secondary that experienced, you can take some you can gamble some, and I think that they will. Yeah, really missed yeah. that last year for sure. Yep. Yeah, uh, definitely, and and. You know, the secondary, a lot of those young pieces got playing time last year as they were thrown into the fire when it seemed like the entire secondary, except got for Jalen Williams, went, to, <laughs> yeah, got, got hurt. So um, let's move up to the linebackers. The obvious elephant in the room is how are you going to replace Michael McFadden, who's doing his thing with the New York Giants um, in the NFL as a, a, a fifth-round draft pick? Um, but he should make the team. He played very well in the, in the first game and I, I didn't catch them last night, but, um, how do you replace Micah McFadden? And, and I think everybody's answer, you, you go to, uh, Cam Jones who Chad Wilt had a excellent story last week about how, uh, Cam has, has, is mature, but beyond his years and, um, you know, Wilt's wife's. I think uncle passed away and he sent a message from the team to her uh, and hangs out with his kids and, and um, things like that and had pictures that he wanted to post, but, you know, confirmed with him uh, and his wife. And uh, so I, and we've seen Cam Jones play uh, a, a big role, but he was always second fiddle to Michael McFadden. Uh, he's had some big plays. The defense always changed with him on the field. I think this is the year that Cam Jones shines at that linebacker position. Uh, but there are also uh, other people uh, in there as well. Aaron Casey should 
um, fit right in into that. He's wearing the number 44 as a tribute to George Chalifaro. So he, yep. as he, he has earned that. Uh, and, uh, you know, George was one of the best players in IU history, if not the best, um, a, a name that means a lot to, to IU fans and anybody around the football program as well. So he's earned that, and he'll have big expectations. And then you have two transfers uh, coming in as well, and Jared Casey uh, and um, Bradley so, Jennings. And Bradley Jennings. So uh, it, it's there's a lot of new faces. But I think we could take comfort in that Cam Jones is back and he's ready to lead this defense uh, and lead the linebacking group and step in for Micah McFadden. Uh, TJ, we'll start with you on the linebackers. What? Um, how, how does IU replace Micah McFadden? Is it just a, a, a you know paint by numbers and and send send out more talent uh, in droves? Yeah, so I think you're starting with Cam Jones for sure bit of a question mark who that other starter is going to be. Um, I think the, the two leading candidates for that are Bradley Jennings, uh, transfer from Miami, uh, and then Aaron Casey, uh, veteran, returning, redshirt senior. I I'm really don't know who's going to come out of that, but both of them uh, have a lot of experience. Bradley Jennings started um, quite a few games for Miami and appeared in, I, I believe, like 36 uh, games for the Hurricanes. Um, the the rest of this position group is pretty interesting because you have a variety of kind of skill sets here. Uh, Jared Casey is kind of a, a longer guy that I think they're hoping can provide explosive pass rush. Uh, maybe put him kind of on the outside. Um, transfer from Kentucky there. Very good athlete. Um, Desan McCullough listed as a linebacker, and I I think that they do. Chad Wilt talked about him uh, last week, I think, and we've got an article up on, on that on Hoosier Huddle. Uh, he kind of mentioned that they don't want to overload uh, Desan McCullough, but uh, they are finding some different ways to utilize him, and I think we could see him a little bit at linebacker. We could see him um, as kind of a, a pass rush specialist on, on third downs. Um, and then you've got some guys that are incoming freshmen that I know the coaches are really high on them. I don't know how much they're going to play, uh, but I, I do think they will see the field, and that's Caden Turner and uh, Isaiah Jones – both, when you watch the tape of them, it, it reminds you quite a bit of Micah McFadden, Mike just McFadden. the way exactly. they, they move. <laughs> yep. um, now, it's unfair of us to speculate and say, oh, the next Micah McFadden, that's unlikely. But they could fill that type of a role down the line. Um, and one guy that I think we'd be unwise to dismiss is Matt Holt who's a, a walk-on from Center Grove High School, a redshirt freshman. They've, the coaches have kind of gone out of their way to, to mention him on more than one occasion, uh, which typically means that they think he can be a contributor, uh, whether that's special teams or actually in the rotation of linebacker, hard to say, but I think we'd be remiss not to include him here in this conversation. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, TJ summed it up really well. I, I don't have too much to add to it, except I, I would, uh, you know, something that uh, Sammy said earlier uh, to elaborate upon Cam Jones and his maturity level and whatnot. It was Cam, uh, along with uh, um, our, our, our only returning quarterback, uh, and who came to Tom after the bucket game last year. And it was, you know, it was Jack. I, I think Jack was catalytic to the idea, but Cam was Cam was right with him. So Tuttle and Cam Jones went to Tom and gave kind of a blueprint for how they thought things needed to be talked out and how to proceed and whatnot. And Tom very much appreciated and endorsed it and, and uh, made some suggestions and listened to them. And those two guys stepped forward as team leaders in the immediate wake of uh, the disaster last year. And, and that's, that's always a good sign. And um, I, I tell you, one of the things that's interesting to me about the linebacking core when you look at all the names and everything that's already been said about the guys who are going to be candidates to play is which guys play middle, which guys play stinger. You know, that's going to be interesting to me too. Yeah. And then you also have that bowl position, which I usually group with the defensive line, but it is a, a, you know, a hybrid linebacker defense, defense alignment. Let's talk about that defense line. You have a new coach, uh, coaching the defensive line this year. Uh, and Paul Randolph, he, he comes from Texas tech. Um, if you, if you've talked to him, he's, he's just a football dude. He looks like a football dude. He wears his hat like a football dude. He talks like a football dude. Um, and uh, I, you just hope he coaches like a football dude, which which he should. Um, you have a lot of returning uh, players on that side of the ball. Plus, you get uh, some transfers in in um, oh, Ladarius Cox, oh, yeah. yeah, and and Patrick and those Lucas. guys, Patrick Lucas, Miles Jackson. Yep, because Tom Allen keeps calling him PJ and, and LD, and I'm getting <laughs> names messed up and all that stuff. Uh, but JH, JH Tevis, who's probably going to start. Yeah, he was an all pack 12 player at Cal last year. Andy, we'll, we'll start with you on the defensive line. Um, t- take us through it. Is this, you know, I use lack the pass rush from the defensive line uh, for a little bit of time, even under Tom Allen on some of his best defenses. He's had to use blitzes to get that pass rush. How do you think uh, this defensive line will shake out, uh, you know, come September 2nd? No, Fogo, no, Fogo, I got that total up. I'm, I'm still, trying to, still trying to master the name after four years. Now, listen, uh, you know, I, I think the pass rush is really obviously the key. And I like everything that I'm hearing out of camp. I, I, like, I like what I hear about James Head maybe having his best camp and being fully healthy now. I like what they're saying about you know Alfred Bryant at 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 the at the bowl where he's he and Miles Jackson the kid that came in from UCLA as a sophomore now uh, who's got a lot of talent uh, is really pushing Alfred Bryant at the bowl. Um, you got Bo Robbins also at defensive end kid from Carmel who started to emerge last year and I think has really increased his strength and size um, at the Knows you got CO and Demarcus Elliott who decided to come back and play a fifth year, which is great. You got the two old miss transfers uh, behind them. You got 
J.H. Tevis, who's going to play one of the two tackle spots, uh, probably the defensive tackle spot. And then you got Nick James coming in, a very celebrated freshman. Um, and, you know, and once again, I'm, I don't have any qualms about putting any of those guys out there. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with all of that. Um, and then you toss in uh, guys like uh, Cooper Jones, very well thought of guy from Valparaiso, who's you know, just been redshirted. You have freshmen coming in like Desan McCullough, who, as we mentioned earlier, might be playing some stinger outside linebacker, but also could play bowl. They'll probably use him in different ways, but they, they're, they're going to use him to help rush the passer. You got Vincent Sneed coming in. Uh, he flipped from Tennessee, right? I believe uh, mm-hmm. he was a late flip from Tennessee. I, you know, so I just I just rattled off fourteen names and not trying to not trying to, you know, throw in names like a fire hose there, but that's fourteen guys, and like yeah, I'm interested in all of them. I'm not in, I'm not embarrassed to play any of them, and that goes back to my comment earlier about Chad Wilt saying that I'm we're going to rotate guys. We're going to be fresh in the fourth quarter. If the game's closed, we're going to be attacking people. Uh, and I like that. And I think that, yeah, I do think they have the depth to do that. Yeah, you go back to, you know, especially the Penn State game in 2019 when uh, I think Penn State had that long drive to, to just ice the game where you had a couple third and threes or fourth to ones and, you know, a defensive lineman goes out and you're playing C.J. Person as a freshman and, yeah. You know, imagine if, if they had some depth and, and you get a stop there and, and maybe your offense, Peyton Ramsey, goes down down the field and and scores and, and knocks them off. But, uh, TJ, let's go to the defensive line with you. What What's your, your take on this unit? Well, I think the biggest concern, there's, there's a lot of depth, um, a lot of um, young players that I think everybody should be very excited about. Uh, the biggest concern continues to be can they locate a couple of individuals that can get a pass rush without having to use any blitz schemes? Um, that's one of the hardest things to find in college football or pro football is difference-making pass rushers that can just beat their guy one-on-one or demand that double team uh, to open up some space for, for other people. So can I, you find those guys on the edge? I feel good about the interior uh, of this line. I think it was huge to get uh, the transfers from Ole Miss, Luke, or Patrick Lucas and Ladarius Cox. I think that was massive to get those guys so you don't have to rely on the freshmen. Um, they can contribute, but you don't have to rely on them. Uh, you're going to have CO likely starting up front there and then with Darius Cox and Patrick Lucas being able to uh, to be the primary rotation guys with him and then you can throw the freshmen in uh, as you know as they're ready for you don't have to force that um, and then DeMarcus Elliott of course is, is going to be that steady force pairing with him uh, on the edge experienced guy in James Head I think you're always kind of looking for a bit more uh, from him. Um, just hasn't quite been able to put together a full productive season, really. Um, so I think that the hope is there for that. And then, again, McCullough, 
an interesting chess piece that they can move around. Um, and J.H. Tevis, a guy that is capable of producing some pass rush and a versatile piece that they can play outside or inside, uh, depending on who else is on the field and depending on uh, the scheme that they're going up against uh, or a situation of the game. So I think it's a, a good versatile group with some different varying skill sets some different body types. Um, but again, it, it does come back to, do they have one or two difference making pass rushers that can get to the quarterback without having to resort to blitz packages, which is not a bad thing to, to have to go to those. I think that IU will use those whether they have the pass pass rush from the edge or not, but it'd be great to have guys that you could line up and feel like they've got a good chance of beating the tackle that they're going up against. And we really haven't seen that for a while um, on a consistent basis at Indiana. I think that there's a hope that they've got some guys here that can get that done. Uh, Vincent Sneed, I think, is one that they have high hopes for in that regard. And then Desan McCullough as well, just a different level of athlete than what they've typically had at the edge. Uh, so I, I think there's a hope there. Can they produce as freshmen? Yeah, I, I remember when uh, James Head was recruited and came in here, you know, we were all excited because he looked like an SEC, SEC yeah. defensive, yeah. defensive end recruit. He, and he's 6'5", 260, senior, and he's having his best camp. They're excited, I think, about what he's showing right now. He's fully healthy. And then, yeah, you know, you add guys like Miles Jackson, who's an athlete by all accounts, with a lot of quick twitch to him. Uh, and then Desan McCullough, yeah, I mean, he's another one of those. And Benson Snead, as you, as you mentioned, J.H. Tevis, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, and, and as you, say, you don't need like all five of those guys to turn into instant uh, uh, successful pass rushers. But if a couple of them do, that could really help this team. Uh, it could really make this defense go from, I think, what we expect to be a good, solid defense to being a really successful defense. Can we steal like a DeLorean and go get Greg Middleton and Jamie Carlo from 2007 <laughs> and bring them to, to, to 2022. Well, but, 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 but you might not have to, I mean, you know, maybe yeah. just maybe, maybe just McCullough will be that guy. I mean, he's, he's the highest rated recruit in Indiana football history. I yeah. mean, you know, he, he might be that guy. We, we just don't know yet. Yep. It's, you know, it's it's been the missing piece and the missing link for making, um, you know, for making it a little bit easier on the defense. But Indiana does have – that's where the experienced secondary comes in. And yep. um, we'll get into the most important player uh, on the defense here in a second. But a spoiler alert, um, that's when it's nice to have a Taiwan Mullen who takes away a third of the field um, or, you know, mm -hmm. half of the field in the pass game. And you could trust them to go – uh, cover on man, cover on an island, and and let your linebackers and your athletic safeties do their thing. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and and you have experienced safeties. You know, you could play a cover two look back there with with Monster and Brian Fitzgerald, and you're not going to get beat. You know, you're not going to get beat deep. You know, you might give up a crossing pattern or something like that. But you got experienced guys back there, and that just allows you to use the people in front of them more aggressively. Yep. Uh, let's uh, move to that final segment of, uh, you know, most important player. We'll do that first. 
Um, I'll go, I'll go last again. Um, and under the radar player, uh, TJ, most important player on this defense, who are you going with? Uh, I, I think it's Cam Jones. Um, just Indiana needs tackling production from the linebacker spot. Cam Jones is a returning leader for this squad. He's going to have to be due more than ever uh, with the absence of Mike McFadden. So I'll go Cam Jones. A lot of good candidates for this because there are so many good pieces on this defense, but Cam Jones is my pick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd say Cam too, except since, uh, t- since uh, TJ said Cam, I'll, I'll say Monster Matthews. Um, I, I, and once again, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a heavy hitter. He's the kind of guy that brings some real physicality to the game. And uh, he's got the kind of attitude I like back there. And I think he's going to be a leader on the field as well. And I like having safeties who are experienced and are absolutely willing to, you know, they're, they're not going to get beat deep very much. And they're absolutely going to come up there and stick their nose in it when they need to stop a run. And, and uh, I, just, I just like where he is. I, I like what he's going to bring. Um, and I just think that, uh, uh, I think from an attitudinal point of view, I like what he brings to the defense. So I'll go ahead and say monster. Yeah. Monster's a good pick. Cam Jones, a good pick. I'm going with Tywin Mullen. Uh, we saw what the defense is without him last yep. year, uh, in the secondary, uh, especially against Maryland when he tried to come back, he just, uh, TJ, we watched that game together and he just, he couldn't change direction. Um, and you know, but when he's on and when he's healthy, he takes away that receiver and nobody's going to pass to that side of the field. I, with the expectation that he's back a hundred percent, um, that's going to be a problem for opponents. Uh, you're, you're going to, and guess who's on the other side, you're thrown to the corner. Who's the active leader in interceptions for, for Indiana. And then if you're throwing down the middle, you have uh, Noah Pierre, who's had a couple picks to his name. Uh, Monster Matthews, as you said, Andy, and and Brian Fitzgerald is a is a terrific athlete, uh, mm-hmm. sitting there waiting. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go with Tywin Mullen as, as my most important defender, and he's he's just got that attitude and swagger too. You know, he came in, he took down the notes of 50, 25, and um, and 10. Uh, and things like that. Um, you know, he, he wants IU to be good, and, and he could tell it in his attitude uh, as well. And, you know, he, he's this is probably his last ride in Bloomington, and he doesn't want it to go out like he did last year. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch Taiwan. And, and really, Jalen Williams is really good, too. I mean, I, it's, it's one thing to they have a shutdown corner and it's another thing maybe two of them you know yeah. it's going to be in the watch yeah let's go to under the radar uh picks andy since you went second last time you're going to kick us off with uh, under the radar defender oh you know it's it's really hard i mean it's it's you know we, we don't get to watch practice and so it's it's hard to say like which of the younger guys are the guys that uh I, but yeah i mean i, I I just mentioned, I mean, he's the highest rated recruit in IU football history. I, I'm going to say Desan McCullough. I mean, they're not necessarily counting on him. They might not have to play him much this year, although, you know, 
nowadays with the transfer rules being what they are, if I got a young, talented guy like that, I'm going to play him. I just think he's going to emerge at some point and be a real factor. Uh, I, I just think that's a likely occurrence. Even with a bunch of experienced guys in front of him, I don't think you can keep that off the field. I think once he's on the field and gets comfortable, he's going to produce. Uh, way to go under the radar with IU's highest rated recruit and signing. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You know, but well, you know, if I, I wanted to leave uh, Noah Pierre for TJ. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, TJ. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go Noah Pierre. Um, the other guy I considered was J.H. Tevis. Uh, just, yep. I think he's going to have a, a pretty big role, again, as a versatile piece along that defensive line, playing sometimes inside on the interior, sometimes outside on the edge. Um, so I, I think that Tevis is going to have a pretty large role, and he was a good player at Cal, uh, kind of an under – I guess that's the point here, under-the-radar acquisition from Cal in the transfer portal. Uh, but I, I talked about Pierre a little earlier. I, I think he's just incredibly solid. Um, it seems like he's consistently in the right place, uh, good positionally. And, I mean, based on what we've seen, really physical and a sound tackler. Uh, which is important for that Husky position. He's going to be asked to do a lot of different things. Uh, and I'm excited to see how, you know, he adapts to a much larger role than what he has had before. But I, I think he's ready for it. By all accounts, he's had a, a really good off season and continues to, uh, to work really hard and be kind of a um, quiet leader for this group. So uh, looking forward to, to him. That's my pick. Yeah, I, I almost said Miles Jackson, too. I think both of those uh, yeah. guys from the yeah. Pac-12, uh, Miles Jackson and J.H. Tevis, are going to be factors. I am not going to say either of them. Um, okay. I am going to go with Jonathan Haynes. Uh, he's yep. a guy who came in last year. He was really good at Ole Miss. Um, I, I, he only played in, uh, I believe, four games last year on and off. I, he was a guy that they were counting on as a depth piece. He's got, um, you know, in, in 2020, he started all 10 games at safety for Ole Miss, had, um, you know, an interception, uh, 31 tackles, 2019, 55 tackles with an interception. Mm -hmm. he, he has the ball skills. Now, I know I use deep in the secondary, but I do think Jonathan Haynes could come in uh, and give some guys a blow without really taking a step back in production. Um and, you know, we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of people in the secondary in that two and twos and threes. And, and Brylon Lanier was was almost my, my pick for this. Um, he was called the best athlete uh, on the team in the secondary on a in a secondary with a ton of athletes. Um, so yeah. those two. Those two guys, I think they're going to – there's going to be a, a game or two this year where you hear their names and they're going to make a difference. So, um, I, I'm going with Jonathan Haynes. Well, you know, it, it's just revisiting the secondary a little bit, those two guys, you mentioned Haynes and, and Lanier. And Chris Keyes was impressive before he got hurt. And he's a big corner too. And then Josh Sanguinetti has made plays when he's had a chance to play. I mean, yep. you know, you can, you can look at the second four on the, you know, if, if you're saying that Taiwan Mullen and Jalen Williams and Devon Matthews and Brian Fitzgerald are your starters, 
Well, Lanier and Haynes and Keys and Sanguinetti are probably your second four, and that's not bad. You know, you've, the, those guys are, you know, there's a definite p- uh, potential there. Um, I'll be interested, you know, we, we're talking safeties. It's one thing I wanted to bring up uh, before I forgot to. I'm really intrigued by the fact that, okay, we got Jason Jones, a safety coach. We got Paul Randolph coaching the defensive line. We got Chad Wilt as the D.C. linebacker coach. You know, Brandon Shelby is a veteran. On, on, you know, to join Tom on, on the defensive coaching side. That's going to be, I think, a really interesting wild card that we don't know how that's going to work. We don't know what kind of effect that's going to have to have new sets of eyes and new techniques and new evaluations affecting the secondary. I mean, I, I or sorry, affecting the entire defense. You got new coaches everywhere, basically. And so for me, it's really interesting. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be, interested to see if the starting 11 is what I think it is, or maybe not. Yeah, it's definitely the, this might be the unit that IU has to lean on over the first couple games as the offense breaks in under Walt Bell, under whichever quarterback uh, is chosen. Hopefully that decision is, is being made internally here in the next couple of days since, uh, you know, scrimmage number two, was um, was last Friday and things like that. Any final thoughts, uh, TJ, on the defense? I think we've we've covered it pretty well. I mean, there's reasons for optimism um, with Tom Allen coming back, uh, change in staff as well with Chad Wilk coming in, some new energy there. A lot of good transfer portal additions that are going to have an impact. And then a great mix of returning veterans and, you know, returning underclassmen that both have a little bit of experience and are are talented freshmen. So um, I think it's a well-constructed defense. The pieces are there for them to to be a very good unit. They are going to have to be helped by the offense some. They can't continue to be put in terrible positions time after time. Uh, or they will fall apart and get demoralized like we saw last season. Or, you know, they got to stay healthy as well, because that also had a huge impact on uh, what we saw unfold in the back half of last year. So um, I I really like the secondary. I think the linebackers uh, have, you know, some good potential answers outside of Cam Jones. We'll see which ones end up. Uh, prevailing and getting the first crack to, to fill the shoes there. Um, and then the defensive line, again, a deep group, a group with uh, a lot of good additions. Can they find those one or two consistent pass rushers uh, that can make some plays one-on-one against their tackle? Uh, and, you know, as we talked about, force those takeaways. Maybe it's a fumble. Maybe it's a sack that gets a team behind the chains and forces a punt. Um, I, I like the pieces they have in place time to put it together and get back to being the kind of unit that we know they are capable of and I've said this several times a Tom Allen led defense I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise um, that could end up coming back to bite me and it looks a whole lot like it did last season but I, I feel pretty confident saying that this unit is going to be significantly improved well, I agree with all of that, and I would I would say too that um, there's going to be just a massive chip on their collective shoulder. 
they they believe they're a much better unit than what we saw uh, in the second half of last season. And frankly, I agree with them. Uh, A lot of these guys were starters. Several of them were starters when Indiana went six and one in Big Ten East play two years ago. And I think they believe in themselves. I think they're going to play with confidence. I think Tom has streamlined things a little bit again so they can not think quite as much and just play fast out there. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. We're just 11 days away, uh, almost, you know, 11 days and two hours uh, to, to the minute uh, away from Indiana kicking off a very important 2022 season uh, with a, a Big Ten opener at home against Illinois. Um, we'll have it all covered. Andy, thank you for joining us for the offensive defensive preview. We'll have Andy Graham on again to talk IU football basically whenever he wants. Um, he's always welcome. So, Andy, we appreciate your time and your insights, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down in Bloomington when the season kicks off. No, it's been a real pleasure. I always learn things listening to you guys and, uh, and, and reading you guys, so it's, uh, it's fun, and I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, that's Andy Graham. TJ, again, we're, we're through the offseason. Um, hooray. And uh, we'll get uh, down next week to, to start our uh, opponent, um, you know, our pregame uh, podcast going. Um, so thanks for an awesome offseason again, and, and thanks for joining us for these previews and co-hosting with, with me as well. Uh, any, any final thoughts of fall camp? before we shut the door on our fall camp podcast. Yeah, I think we are both more than ready to slam that door shut uh, and run full speed ahead in the 2022 season. Uh, Really looking forward to our Illinois preview. We got a lot of good stuff on tap um, and next week cannot get here soon enough. Yep. That does it for our fall camp previews. Uh, Our talking about media rights, uh, which I should be getting a ton of money pretty soon. Um, media rights, conference realignment, all that stuff. It's now time for games. Uh, we're 11 days away. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Subscribe, like, um, you know, rate, review the, the podcast. Uh, anywhere where you get podcasts, check out our YouTube channel as well for all the latest interviews from IU's player, players and coaches. Uh, as well, a big thanks to IU Athletics uh, for that, for sending out the videos of their interviews as well uh, to that. So so big ups to, to Jeff Keg and his crew over at IU for that. Anyway, that does it for uh, this week's podcast. Enjoy. We hope you enjoyed our off-season podcast, but the season is here and, and we'll be ready to go. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. 
And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. 